Hello and welcome to the God, Trump, and the 2020 election podcast for Friday, October 9th, 2020. Only 25 days until the most important election of our lifetime. I'm Stephen Strang and I wrote a book by this title to tell what was at stake in this election. First of all, for America, in terms of strong military, supporting Israel, strong borders, uh, good trade agreements, and so forth, and a booming economy. That's important too. And Donald Trump has been a great leader and has helped the economy to boom. Even with the shutdown and slowdown, and really where the economy kind of tanked in February and March, it's rebounding much faster than anyone thought. But I think even more important than that, at least to me as a Christian, is the prospect of losing our religious freedoms. You know, the Judeo-Christian ethic was a given, even though America has never really been righteous in the sense that there are many, many people who've rejected God, but at least in the wider culture, there was sort of a, a commonality of values. And that's been eroded. It's really been eroded for the last hundred years, long before you and I were alive, but it has increased the pace in the 50s and 60s. You remember how bad the 1960s were in terms of socialism, uh, the anti-Vietnam War era and all of that kind of thing. And it's just gotten worse. And in the meantime, our religious freedoms have been taken away, starting with taking prayer and Bible reading out of school, then Roe v. Wade, more recently, the Supreme Court decision in 2015 that made same-sex marriage legal. You know, there's many, many other examples. The whole cancel culture, uh, the kind of discriminating against uh, Christians in the public square. I mean, this has been going on from the 60s and 70s. Christians were not really welcome. Uh, look at the TV programs. That's why Christians had to start uh, Christian uh, networks. When do we discuss God's will? Even on nice uh, sitcoms that we remember, you know, the ones that I remember from growing up as a kid, uh, Leave it to Beaver, Dennis the Menace, My Three Sons. Some of you may be old enough to remember those. You know, they were wholesome. Uh, Father Knows Best also comes to mind. But when did they ever bring God into the storyline? Almost never unless there was a wedding funeral or maybe they said grace before a meal. And that's just an example of where God has been excluded. And in the popular media and newspapers, magazines, all those kinds of things, you know, there's kind of this mindset that everything is secular. Meanwhile, there have been great revivals, you know, going back to the first and second great awakening, the holiness movement of the late 1800s, the Pentecostal movement out of Azusa Street, the whole uh, mushrooming of growth of evangelical churches in the 50s with Billy Graham coming on the scene. And then in more recent days in my lifetime, the Jesus movement, which affected me personally, the Catholic charismatic movement, which also affected many people. All of these things, there are many, many people in our country. They're strong Christians. There are also an awful lot who are nominal Christians. In fact, there are a lot of the mainline denominations that 
you know, they don't accept the Bible as the word of God. They don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't believe that you have to be born again to get into heaven. You know, they just find scriptures that fit into their narrative and they feel better about it. I wonder why they even bother to go to church and actually more and more and more aren't. The evangelical church was kind of a counterbalance to that, you know, and as recently as the late 1980s or around 1980, uh, there were enough that Jerry Falwell identified us as the moral majority. It may have been wishful thinking. It would have been very close to 50-50, and I think it's gone down. Now they say 40% of the population are evangelical. And that would mean people that grew up that way uh, and probably in their heart, they believe that way. Uh, when it comes time for them to pass away, you know, they'll probably try to be sure that they have things right with God. You know, I have some relatives that fall into that category because uh, my family on both sides were deeply religious people, but not all the grandchildren are, and certainly not all the great-grandchildren. So I think this is typical of the whole country. And into this, where things are just getting worse and worse and worse, and I haven't even mentioned the onslaught of uh, pornography and gambling, you know, drug use, all of those kinds of things. And, and the law started changing, uh, principally through the Supreme Court. And so Christians realized that, hey, you know, these Supreme Court justices are liberal. They don't follow what the Constitution says. They think that it's fluid and it means whatever they think it means. I mean, how else do you get a right in the Constitution for abortion? The word doesn't appear. Same thing with same-sex marriage. But, you know, they... They will decide that there's a right to privacy, which is also not in there, and other things like that. Uh, they're very, very strong. At the same time, they're very strong uh, protections of religious freedom, uh, mainly the First Amendment. But, you know, they've kind of gotten a around that by emphasizing the separation of church and state, which I'm sure you know. Those words are not in the Constitution either. It was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to some Baptist in uh, Connecticut when uh, Jefferson was president and he was assuring them that the government was not going to impose its will and have a state religion. And, you know, that was the separation between church and state was to protect the church from the state rather than to protect the government and the wider culture from Christian values. So it was into this that Donald Trump runs for office and he, um, you know, backs the kinds of things I'm talking about. Uh, strong economy, strong military, support for Israel, the border. And also he became the champion of Christian causes. At the same time, Donald Trump who I personally have great respect for and believe that there is a gentle side to, but you know, he is a disruptor and he is combative. He's had to be tough to, to survive in uh, the business world in New York City and real estate, but he's also had to be extremely tough 
to just survive in the presidency. As I've said several times, any other president would be in the fetal position in the Oval Office. And we really need to pray for Donald Trump because I think that some of this pressure that he's under in this recent episode of getting COVID-19, I think has weakened him some. I had a friend tell me that he's doing all these irrational things like refusing to do the debate if it's only virtual. You know, to me, those are the kinds of things you can disagree on. Those are strategic decisions. I don't think it's irrational at all. But, my, you know, my friend was saying that Donald Trump is defeating himself. I don't personally believe that. But there is cause for concern that there may be a lot of people that are really turned off to the fact that he, you know, refused to sign the stimulus package right at the end, that he has said some very, very strong things about Hillary Clinton and President Obama in terms of their involvement with the Russian hoax and everything else. And then you always wonder what's uh, going on with all these lawsuits and so forth, or maybe I should say investigations that the attorney in New York uh, is probably, it, it's a federal district, it's pro uh, I hope I say this right, but uh, it's, it's probably not the attorney general, maybe it's the attorney general of uh, New York is doing it, or, or maybe the federal district that would include Manhattan, you know, they're trying to get his tax records and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, my taxes are a tiny speck, of course, compared to Donald Trump, and we are meticulous. We are meticulous. And when we got audited, they found that we weren't sending a use tax to Tallahassee that we had never heard of. And my question to the accountants were, first of all, how would we find it? And second of all, uh, where would we have sent, it, sent the money to Tallahassee? And now it wasn't very much money, but they told me that they actually put things in the tax code like that. So when they do an audit, they can ding you for things. Now, I realize that what Donald Trump is up against is, is much, much more serious than what I just described. But I, it let me know that even when you're careful, 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 they can find something. And somebody said there's so many laws that, that a aggressive, unscrupulous district attorney or state's attorney can find something on every single Amer American that they're doing illegally. I mean, there are thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of laws. And so when I hear them talking about Donald Trump's taxes, that's kind of what comes to my mind that, you know, but on the other hand, you know, he's a great leader and he's doing a great job with America. You know, the hypocrisy to me is people like Hillary Clinton so far has gotten off totally scot-free, you know, with her, e uh, with her uh, emails that were subpoenaed. They were subpoenaed by Congress, 30,000. I got subpoenaed only one time in a civil case, which we were able to settle, and they subpoenaed my emails. And my attitude, I told the lawyer, I'm not even looking at the emails to see what might be in there. They didn't find anything. But I mean, my attitude was, they subpoenaed it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm not. I'm not going to even think about with withholding one email that might have, you know, given the other side some argument, I guess, uh, before the judge. And so I think to myself, I wouldn't even withdraw, withhold one. But she withheld thirty thousand. It's just unbelievable that she's gotten away with it.
so anyway, I'm just giving you my opinion on kind of what's going on. I've been watching things. Of course, we're counting down the days to the election, you know, only 25 days, vice presidential debate. The other night, I was only able to see the high spots because I was actually speaking at a banquet about the election, about Donald Trump. But from what I saw and the commentaries that I've read, uh, Mike Pence did a magnificent job. He's a great gentleman, a great thinker, a great debater. Uh, and he drew a very, very stark contrast between the policies of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the policies of Donald Trump and Mike Pence. And that's really what this election is about. You know, they're going to try to hang it on this or that or this or that or say he didn't handle the uh, pandemic right. I actually think he did. And you can check out my book, God, Trump and COVID-19, which I wrote as a sequel to God, Trump and the 2020 election. You can get it many places. One of my friends from New Mexico texted me this morning. He saw the book in a bookstore out there and he wanted me to know it was on the bookshelf. So I thanked him, of course. It's available many places, but there's many places it's not too. So the easiest way is to go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang, no E on the end, and then the word books with an S.com, stevestrangbooks.com. Every book is autographed and there's a special price and there are bundles and it would be a way to support what we're doing, the kind of Christian journalism that we're doing at Charisma Media and that I'm trying to do personally and have been for the last 45 years. So thank you for listening to my God Trump 2020 election podcast for Friday, October 9th, only 25 days before the most important election of our lifetime.